Hello, I'm Hannah Kaplan, and this is the WCS Wild Audio Podcast, where you'll find reported audio stories covering the latest news and newsmakers from WCS's field sites, zoos and aquarium, and their conservation partners. We've got a great show today, so let's get to it. We need to act fast to address three interrelated crises facing our planet, climate change, biodiversity loss, and the threat of zoonotic pandemics. We must not only protect the last of the wild, but also to actively restore wildlife and wild places. WCS Wild Audio's Dan Rosen digs into one partnership attempting to meet the scale needed at this critical time. Thank you, Chair. The Wildlife Conservation Society would like to extend our... Late last year, Joe Walston of the Wildlife Conservation Society gave a speech at the UN Biodiversity Conference in Montreal, Canada. This was an important meeting where the nations of the world came together to negotiate new 10-year targets for biodiversity conservation. An ambitious agreement there had the potential to be a turning point for the planet. Joe urged them to take strong action. Let us be emboldened by what we could achieve. It is within our power to transform the trajectory of nature, but incremental political and financial commitments will fail the planet. Half measures will not deliver half the solution. Our response must be commensurate to the threats we face. If you, the parties, and ourselves do not truly commit to change our abusive relationship with nature here in Montreal, we will all be judged harshly by future generations, and rightly so. In the end, the agreement the government signed is called the Kunming Montreal Global Biodiversity Framework. It includes key commitments like the goal of conserving 30% of lands and oceans by 2030. However, many experts agree we'll need to treat it as a floor and not a ceiling for global action. We can and must do more, they say. And one of the key tools for us to use is forests. So forests are almost without exception one of the most promising things that we have in our terrestrial toolbox, if you will, to help address what we like to think is the triple challenge of the climate crisis, the biodiversity crisis, and the opportunities for human beings, right? That's John Lotzbeach, who's the executive director of Trillion Trees, a partnership between three major conservation organizations, WCS, World Wildlife Fund, and BirdLife International. The aim of the group is to deliver results at a scale commensurate with the moment we're facing right now. There are lots of conservation organizations there are lots of tree planting organizations. What Tree and Trees is, is a decision by these three organizations to come together and say, where can we do more together that can make a difference to the things we care about? We're first and foremost conservation organizations, so it is 100% sure that we are doing this to bring back the natural world and for us, the wildlife and the species that live within it. On top of that, all three of these organizations also realize that the drivers of deforestation are just as important. So all three organizations don't just like try and build fences around intact forests. They actually try and address what are the policy and politics that are driving the disappearance of these forests. And then finally, which I think is increasingly relevant in this world of you know tree planting, almost mania, is that we recognize that if you're going to put back trees, that you should do it in a way that fulfills a a restoration agenda. So it's fine. It really is valid to build a woodlot and plant your trees for building if you need to. 
it is fine to plant trees for timber because that also we need. But for us, Tree and Trees is about bringing forests back and increasing forest cover to deliver the things that we care about. And that's about repairing the natural world. And so, again, I go back to why forests. Forests are a place, and particularly increasingly the restoration of forests, is a place that all three of us could come together and work in places that we needed to grow ourselves. When John and Trillion Trees talk about restoration, they're speaking about a specific approach that's more sophisticated than just planting trees. It's a comprehensive strategy designed to deliver maximum results for the planet. For us, and I think really importantly for both conservation ambitions and for climate ambitions, restoration has to be as close to returning the land to what it was as the land will bear. And what I mean by that is our first definition is, can we bring forest cover back? So in other words, if we've got 100 hectares of forest and it used to be 200, what is the likelihood of us getting us back to the 200 with all the biodiversity benefits, all the carbon benefits, all the job benefits, and the indigenous rights if it happens to be in an indigenous place, right? We also recognize that you may not be able to do that because we live in a system where people have to earn their living or the land tenure is a bit complex. So maybe our restoration will be 50% of that land that was lost will be put back as we'd like it. But the other 50% has to be turned to good agriculture, right? And that we be really honest that restoration for us means restoring what was there before, but recognizing that there was a reason that land was degraded in the first place. So we need to be mindful of the drivers and try and address them as we restore. One example John cites comes from the Andes Mountains in Colombia, where WCS has partnered with local and indigenous groups to identify areas where forest restoration can help protect water catchments, which are vital to the local population, and improve connectivity between natural forest landscapes. This includes support for the Kanye Momo people in replanting trees in areas of environmental and spiritual importance. Looking ahead, one of the main challenges John and the team face is finding enough places like this to do restoration in this manner. There actually is quite a weak pipeline of landscapes who can provide quality restoration. We've identified loads of degraded lands, but what we also need to do is say, which of that degraded land can we bring into restoration that has the potential to be something that could pay for itself. And that might be carbon, it might be payment for ecosystem services, it might be ecotourism, whatever it happens to be. Train trees for the next two years, and we already have had some great conversations, we went to COP with it and all that, are looking at finding the ways to bring those early investors in who can help us build a restoration pipeline in the hundreds of millions of hectares. And that's, that's the real challenge for all of us, right? All of us, all of us in conservation can find five hectares to restore and you can raise money for it. But if you're talking about, you know, I often almost tease my colleagues that I speak to at one of the WWF kind of working teams talks about a jaguar walking from the Rockies down to Mexico. But it's actually quite a great image, right? Of what we're trying to, that's the scale of stuff if you're talking about saving biodiversity, which by extension, you, know, you could say saving our food security, and if you're talking about significant climate carbon benefits, you have to talk about those kind of scales. 
we'll be using the COP structure, the biodiversity CBD structure, and the important treaties that people have signed up to, you know, to help us hold people to account. And that includes all those governments Joe Walston spoke to back in Montreal. For WCS Wild Audio, this is Dan Rosen. Today's episode was produced and reported by Dan Rosen with help from Hannah Kaplan and Nat Moss. The WCS Wild Audio podcast is a production of the Wildlife Conservation Society. Please join us next week for a new episode, and don't forget to rate or review the show wherever you get your podcasts.